Welcome to the Before the Stage podcast. This is a podcast where we go behind the scenes of the classical music industry to see what an artist's life is before the stage. Hi, everyone. So today I am joined with Patricia Price, who is the managing director of APA Music consultancy in New York City. And as the New York Observer describes it as one of the most powerful entertainment and media PR firms. So I'm really excited to have her here on the podcast today. She's worked with all different types of artists and companies. And yeah, so I'm really excited to just get into the conversation. You're making me excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really interested in all of this. So can you kind of talk about your journey um, background to starting this agency and running it today? So, Sure. Yeah. Well, like most classical musicians, I started developing our company when I was three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I played the piano. I'm a pianist. And I started to read notes before I read words. And I played piano all through school, was a piano performance major in undergrad, and always loved being a musician, have a deep passion for music, but I never really enjoyed performing. I have terrible performance anxiety, unless I'm on a podcast with a very gracious person. Um, (laughs) That evolved into something that I knew I wanted as part of my life, but I didn't really know how it would play out as my career. I thought maybe I'd become an attorney or uh, work in the business side of another industry, the entertainment industry. And then I studied in Vienna where my passion really grew for music and it, it became just an integral part of what I wanted to do for a living. I came back and started work in the record industry. The record industry was compressing at the time. So as I grew in my role at a classical music distributor, I quickly became the classical division lead uh, at a very young age, basically because I was eager and inexpensive. And I got my MBA at the same time. Uh, So business is, is something that I really enjoy. I love marketing. I love finance. I love all parts of business almost equally to, to music. Uh, I thought that I wanted to run a, an orchestra at, at that stage in my career. So I became the executive director of a presenting arts nonprofit, Portland Piano International, a great presenting organization in Portland, Oregon. And I felt like that was a little bit too much on the fundraising side I enjoy fundraising for great arts organizations, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to focus on. I wanted to stay close to the music side. And so I began consulting on the side and quickly within a couple of months, our, our company was born. Um, and we, we had a, a full-blown roster with, with some of the largest classical musicians in the world. So now we, We really enjoy working with festivals and orchestras and top soloists all over the world. Normally, during non-COVID times, I enjoy traveling all over the world with them and sharing good music. But right now, I do it from my Zoom desk. No, that's amazing. Just hearing about that. Um, 
and the transitions. Wow. (laughs) And just going back and, okay, so you were getting your MBA and working, where was it again? Allegro Media Group. Okay. Wow. So you're, Mm -hmm. you're working and what made that decision that you're like, I'm going to go back and get an MBA? I didn't see any value for me getting an additional performance degree. Uh, I, I considered law school or my MBA. I felt like what I wanted to do would be better served with an MBA. And because I was a performance major in undergrad, I got a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy and a Bachelor of Music in Piano Performance. Uh, but I, those degrees don't really have Finance 101 or Marketing 101. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for what I was doing and what I wanted to do long term, I needed some business backbone. So can you kind of describe for us, obviously clueless, sometimes musicians, (laughs) I don't know about marketing and stuff and kind of what public relations are and PR work is exactly just like the one-on-one to that. (laughs) Sure. For musicians as individuals or chamber groups or orchestras, it's really important if you want to share your music with the world to treat it like a business. And that means communicating what you're doing. So at the end of the day, I really see our job as education. So sharing why what our musicians are doing is important. Um, So whether that's really interesting repertoire or their specific technical talents or an interesting approach to what they're doing. Um, it's it's about cr- finding exactly what the nugget of special is and sharing that with the world. Wow. So we work in a pretty integrated way in, in a really basic method. You know, PR is just sending out what somebody is doing to media outlets. But we like to work from creation through execution, uh, making sure that an artist's vision is fully executed by what they're doing so that they, they see their full potential with what they're doing. So walking through repertoire choices, walking through recording project choices, performance choices, photos, everything, and then also executing the publicity side of it. That's something that I've been noticing musicians <laughs> were really, really good at communicating to each other. <laughs> and then when it comes to <laughs> telling people outside of our craft, like, oh, I play the violin and then we stop it there. <laughs> we can all have this language that we fluently speak that actually is, is a foreign language to most people. So it's important to translate for general audiences. Okay, so now getting into some more like nitty gritty how to do this. Um, When you're reaching out to people for PR work for like your own events or like how do you go about doing that or working with press or anything like locally or, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. So I have what I like to call the three Fs of media relations. So when we're training somebody on our staff, These are the three F's of what I tell them to do. So it has to be focused, fast, and there have to be follow-ups. So focus means this nugget of special. So figuring out how to say 
why this event or recording or person is important in a very short format, using each word very specifically to communicate why it's, it's so important. The fast thing, media is, is used to getting quick responses. So it has to be, you know, it's frustrating in our time that you have to be in front of your email constantly, but it unfortunately is the case. So media outlets need answers quickly. If they're trying to go to press, they need photos quickly. They need answers to any questions that they have. They need an interview set up. All of these things need to be quickly tended to. And then follow-ups. This is the one where people seem to fall off. They send out 20 emails and they don't get a response and then they eat chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) get depressed about it, which I understand sometimes I have to eat chocolate too. But but usually with the follow-ups, when we have a successful campaign, we're really going through two or three follow-ups, at least with every media contact. And generally you get the responses on the second or third follow-up. It's rare for busy media outlets to, to pay attention immediately, even with big PR firms. That's so interesting to learn about because I've been and, you know, figuring out how to reach out to people more mm-hmm. and realizing even just with like anybody, it's like, you know, sending that follow-up email or, or spending time even writing a thank you or nurturing your network in a small way, <laughs> you know, it's like really valuable because I know like for me, even if I miss a small little Instagram DM, <laughs> it can be significant to someone else on the other side or something. For sure. And we're all inundated with emails. I, you know, I get 150 emails a day. It feels like at least. So sometimes things click, you know, do they, they just go through and media outlets are much worse because they're getting all of the press releases and people wanting things. So that's good to know. <laughs> Send those follow-ups. It's not emails. personal. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another thing is we get very personal about it. <laughs> For sure. Well, and throw it into, you know, the very simple task of throwing it into a spreadsheet, the date you emailed somebody and then following up at a polite pace. That's a very simple trick. What would be a polite pace? <laughs> uh, once a week. Okay. Okay. And not too much. You know, if you don't hear back from somebody after two follow-ups, so three times total, you're not going to hear back probably. Time to give up. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) Good tips. When it comes to, I guess today, we have this big entity called social media. (laughs) And I'm wondering, like, how is that changing the PR world? And how do we kind of, how have you like adapted like old school techniques, I guess, if there are any, I don't know. <laughs> and, and are they like those strategies still good for today? Cause like, it seems like anyone can go on their Instagram and just kind of like, hello, I'm doing this a project, you know, <laughs> or something. Yeah. I think the, the one thing that translates in all formats is good marketing is strategic and thoughtful. So mm-hmm whether that's in print media or in social media, you have to think about how you want to come across to people. Um, and you have to be strategic and thoughtful about that. So you can throw things out into the social media world and, and get whatever attention comes in um, sporadically. But 
it really should be a process of thinking about what is my brand, what are my values, and how do I want to communicate those things. So on social media, and this is the same for print media, you want to put out high quality content you want to make sure that it's within your brand strategy and you want to be regular about it. You can't just throw stuff on social media once every other month and expect your audience to grow. It's something that you need to do on a, in a consistent and organized way. So I find it's, it's, I think social media is more relevant to marketing strategies than PR strategies. So thinking about the brand, thinking about what initiatives you can pursue within your brand and being consistent about that messaging, reiterating your brand values over and over again. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Um, I guess I had a follow-up question about the difference between PR and marketing. It might seem like a really simple question, but... No, not at all. Yeah. So marketing is is selling your product <laughs> on a very base level. That's, that's what it is. You know, it's, it's communicating what you are selling in a, well, in best cases, in a beautiful way. PR is about getting media outlets to cover what you're doing. And hopefully that turns into communicating what you are doing in a beautiful way. Sometimes it can backfire, right? <laughs> You can get a, an album review or, or a performance review and it could be not really what you would want that media outlet to say if you were, were in the marketing space. Uh, but for classical music, both areas are trying to achieve spreading the word about what you're doing. So in that way, they're very much the same. Brand values. How do you like determine what those are? <laughs> That's a very, we need a whole podcast. To okay. talk about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I think for a classical musician, that's a very deep and important exercise to go through. And it changes from when you're a student to when you are a musician trying to make your way in this world. So uh, that's a, a process of what, what you want to be in this life, I think, you know, do you want to be an educator? Do you want to be the best performer? Do you want to be an advocate for new music? It's, it's a, it's a heavy question, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something that we talk a lot about with clients because I mm -hmm. think it's easy to get wrapped up in, I want the New York Times or I want this or I want that and get away from what do I want my values to be as far as my career? What what do I want people to know of me? That's well put. And um and it's very it's the personal side of the artist, right? Is that one way to say? <laughs> yes, yeah. And also I think and and what where you put your resources. Uh, both yeah. time and money and yeah. And your music, where do you, where do you, where do you put those resources? Thank you. <laughs> Dropping all this wisdom. Okay. Um, so I guess kind of to 
wrap this up in some ways. This is really concise, but you're you're really just like getting to the point. And I really appreciate that. What would you say to students who are starting an event or something and they are, you know, going out and they're like, well, I would like some more eyes on this than just my Facebook or Instagram, you know, how could they go about doing that? Well, but Facebook and Instagram are the most powerful ways they can get oh, really? eyes on oh, every day for, yeah. I mean, if you want to advertise a concert, perhaps it, social media advertising is the best possible way you could allocate your resources and uh, you can target so well, you can specifically say, I want my friends to come who are X age and live in this city and love piano or whatever it might be. I would say Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. If you did want to reach out to maybe your local paper, how would you go about doing that? <laughs> yes. So the the three apps I'd be, well, for one thing, I would research and find your local paper person who covers what you're doing. Um, pro tip, sometimes they're checking their Twitter more often than they're checking their email. So maybe tweet them. Um, okay. <laughs> send them an email, be concise, two, three, four sentences, exactly why it's really important for the paper to cover your performance and follow up when you don't hear from them the first time, which will inevitably happen. And if they do respond, get right back to them. Okay. <laughs> Good to know and research, dig up those emails, figure out where they are. <laughs> figure out and figure out the right person. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess maybe some closing rapid fire questions here. Um, what is your favorite form of classical music or music in general? Piano recital. I'm a pianist. Okay. Piano recital every day. Unfortunately, fortunately. <laughs> okay. Then what's your favorite composer? That's an unfair question. <laughs> I think anybody who, who gives you an answer on that, I'm skeptical of that. I have, <laughs> love or, have you had people actually give you well, a, a, one person? No, they, they start like with one composer and then it slowly molds into like five. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm willing to play the desert island game of who would <laughs> okay. my desert island composer be. And that would probably be Bach just because I can't imagine ever growing tired of Bach, but maybe I should change my question then. <laughs> no, don't, don't allow me to. <laughs> who would, who would you not mind being on a desert island with? Yes. Yes. And listen to for the rest of your right. life. Um, okay. Um, do you have any organizational like software or tip? Hmm. So um, this is a pretty elementary one, mm-hmm. but useful one. When you send out e-blasts, check your opens and check who's reading them through most, you know, MailChimp or, or whatever you can, you can generate an open report. And those are always fascinating to see who's looking at your e-blast and how many times in which clicks they are linking, clicking on. And mm, Cool. That's interesting. <laughs> um, and then any actionable tips? Social media advertising is if you are a performer trying to get the word out about what you're doing, social media is, is the best bet. And social media advertising can be incredibly effective with, even with limited resources. Focus your demographic, make sure you get a good pool and then it's, it's fabulous. And um, I mean, this is a, is a larger tip, 
treat yourself like a business. I find musicians who treat their careers like a business and don't expect gigs to come to them, don't expect attention to come to them passively, who actually proactively organize their day in portions of business and practicing are the most successful ones as far as growing a career. Thank you. This is amazing. And that was a great, great closer. Treat your career like a business. Thank you, Grace. So nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to the Before the Stage podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the show today. Don't miss an episode and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you have any questions or topics for Before the Stage, feel free to write me at beforethestage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the show. Hey there, do you run a podcast? Well, here is a podcast secret you might like. The Podcast Editors. This team of editors help before this stage create this quality content for you. It's a vital part of the podcast team that keeps the show going. If you need help with editing or want one last thing to do with managing a podcast, contact the podcast editors today. Check out their services at thepodcasteditors.net. Also, it will be linked down in the show notes. Thanks for listening.